0: Welcome back to the Black Letter podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter Law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening.
1: Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast, listeners. I've got Tony Brown with me again from TechSearch. Tony is going to you you've heard him on two episodes talk about what he's what he does, patent monetization, a couple of war stories about the early 80s, complex computer technology, one that went astoundingly poorly, but helped launch the company. And one that went astoundingly well, where he he basically changed the lives of a widow, changed the life of a widow. And he, he earned the tagline, helping widows and orphans. Um, I don't know about any orphans, but it's, it's just, it doesn't work without the orphans, I think. Tony, welcome back. Uh, I digress. So, distill for our listeners, as I said last show, kind of the wisdom of the ages. What are the three, two, three, or four things, whatever they are, that anybody who either owns patents and is considering talking to you about selling a patent portfolio to you or talking to a lawyer and how do they go about doing that? What are the important things they should know and what should they do or not do?
2: The first thing I would say is if you're the inventor, if you're the inventor, do your own research first and understand your patent, understand the patent history, which means going back and and looking at all the prosecution history for the patent. And understand the products that you think it might apply to. And, and sort of understand uh, what you've got there before you even go to an attorney. And if you're not the inventor and, and you just happen to own a patent, like the, the example of the secretary in my previous discussion, then you, you have to do that analysis with, with a good attorney. And uh, you have to find someone who's experienced. Who's been around the track a lot, and who's got um, a good a good reputation for not, you know, for for taking on cases that have merit. Unfortunately, in this business, there are a fair number of uh, people who go around with patents that uh, are not particularly good patents who are asserting them, hoping to just get a settlement. You want to avoid that because that's just not the way to approach it. I mean, you want to have you want to be comfortable that you have. A valid patent that's infringed. Do your homework if you if you're able to understand it yourself, and if you're not, get get a hire an attorney that understands patent law and the technology that's involved. You have to understand both in order to really assess the patent. And sometimes, you, you know, you have to get an expert. Um, I, I've dealt with over the years many many experts in particular areas. I mean, you're not. You're not going to find any one patent attorney who understands every technical area because it's just too hard. So sometimes you have to go out and find an expert, a consultant who can say, well, you know, I understand this field and this is, this is the way these products work. And some yeah. of these products are you know, really like black boxes. You really don't know how they work. They're really, it's really hard, to, particularly in the computer areas. You know, It's, it's hard. Like
1: AI patents, right? Those yeah. are literal black boxes, even the developers don't know what goes yeah, on inside
2: you know to parse these things out and figure out exactly how they work is very, very difficult, but you know, I guess advice number one is get a good attorney, get a you know okay. get get do your own work, get a good attorney so you agree this good attorney you know the second thing is uh, it's always good to have multiple patents if you're going to, if you're really asserting them uh, against an infringer. You don't want to have to rely on one claim of one patent. It's just like uh, going hunting with one bullet in your gun. Okay, You want to have, you want to have a six-shooter or, you know, or, or a something, something like that. You want to have a, a bunch of different patents if you have them or at least a patent with a lot of different claims. And the other thing you want is ideally to have a continuation on file so that as you, as you learn more about how products work, Assuming that your written description covers it, you can add claims to your patent, and you can, you can have new, new patents issued that have additional claims that might apply to developments in the technology. Um, so that's my, my second piece of advice, is to, is to make sure that you have sufficient uh, claims or patents that cover the particular products involved. And ideally, have a continuation on file, so you can have new patents issue as products develop. So, um, my third piece of advice is: if you're if you're prosecuting a patent, if you're in the stage where you you got a, a pending application, you're trying to get a patent issued, and you have you know usually you have a, a, a prosecution attorney who's handling it, um, but I find that. Uh, and particularly when I went to enforce patents, it was very frustrating to me that the people who wrote the claims were largely ignorant of the English language. I put, put it in a nice way. They would write claims that maybe an engineer understood, but that the average person couldn't figure out just you know what they're saying. And at the end of the day, when you enforce these patents. You're going to be, uh, if, you, if you get to a jury trial, you're going to have a jury of people who are not technical people or lawyers. They're going to be, uh, you know, people who work at banks and postmen and, you know, uh, the guy down down who, you know, works right. on the block from you. They're going to be people like, uh, you know, you learn don't have to explain it to them. And yeah. you got to explain it. If, if the language of the claim is so convoluted and the sentences are like, you know, page after page without punctuation. And it's written in engineering language. It's really hard to explain this stuff, and then you have to get into claim construction. You have to hire people to come in to tell the jury what these things, what these words mean, what the what these sentences mean. And if there's any way at all, you can you can you can write these claims in plain English without using highly technical terms. Uh, do it. So much the better. So much. Yeah. The better. It makes it makes your life a lot easier,
1: right? I mean, Tony, what, what is a plaintiff's favorite? Sentence at a Markman hearing in claim construction. I I think it's plain and ordinary meaning. I think that's like every case I've ever done on the P side of a package. Right. right. We want plain and ordinary meaning, and the defense always wants a very technical description of what the claim is.
2: So okay. I think that speaks to everything you said. I mean, I would get involved uh, in in my you know particularly when I had pans with continuations. I would get involved in the, the pending applications. I would. I would actually write some of the claims because I was not happy with what I would read the claims say I don't understand this. I mean, I'm not a technical person, but I've been doing this a while. I don't understand this claim. I don't understand what this says. And I would rewrite it in a way that I understood. It. And I figured, okay, I'm not a tech. I was a French lit major. So if I can understand this, then, you know, the average guy in the <laughs> jury is going to understand it. And, and if I can't understand it, then the judge sure isn't going to understand it, you know, because he, yeah. he doesn't. He's not a technical person. So that was my third piece of advice.
1: So if I were to summarize then, first piece of advice is do your homework and get a good lawyer. Kind of hand in hand. First piece of advice is get the background right. Second piece of advice is that um, you've got to understand what it is to have a good patent. That it's not obvious that there isn't prior art, that you have more than one claim, that you have multiple patents. Don't go hunting with one bullet, right? Make sure that you've got a strong and lots of ammunition so that you can you can be successful in the field of hunting i guess in the field of pr- prosecuting or, or pushing forward asserting patents and then your third piece of advice was make sure if you can and this is precedes everything else that your patent is written in such a way that it's easy to understand i think that's it's it's hard if you already are stuck with patents you're stuck with what you're stuck with but maybe in your continuation or maybe as you think about it as an inventor and you read what a patent attorney sent you and say, wow, I'm the inventor. This is confusing to me. Yeah. You may need to go back to your patent attorney and say, hey, this needs to be understandable. So I think that those are great three pieces of advice. Final question for you, Tony. Favorite piece of French literature?
2: Uh, Victor Hugo uh, or uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I mean, that was, one, that was a good book.
1: Fantastic. And, I mean, if it was your major, I had to ask for you know, yeah. your ten cents, whatever she got by and read it French. Albert, Albert, Not the Disney version.
2: Albert Camus, the the Trajet, The Stranger. That I mean, that's a little dark, but it's a great book. Yeah, I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't advise anyone to start with Camus if they're diving into French literature and French. Yeah. But yes, interesting <laughs> book. And seminal. So yeah. excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tony. It's really interesting and really fantastic. And we'll we'll uh, put your kind of information if people are interested or have questions for you about patents uh, on our podcast, so they can reach out to you as well. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming. It was really great to meet you. I'm so glad you were able to you have been able to work with two of my favorite law partners for 20 years. Yeah, and uh, and that you like those guys because I really like them too. I think yeah. they're also I agree with you two of the most brilliant patent litigators we have in the country. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Black Letter Podcast and joining Tony and I these last three episodes. Download us wherever you get your podcasts, watch us on YouTube, and we'll catch you next
0: time on the Black Letter Podcast. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.